you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast would happily trade the boss for Lindsey Rose. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, joined by a couple of heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wesseling. Hey, Greg. So Dan Hansis, normally hosting the show and uh, will host every single show um, forever once they trade me for Lindsey Rhodes, apparently. He's, not, he's feeling a little under the weather. Uh, you know, he was here at work today. He tried to battle through it. We sent him home. It's, you know, free agency is calming down and we can, we can run this ship. He came in, he pumped out a post, you know, his hair looked good as always. But one thing that Wes, that you and I have noticed today is that the boss, he's got some <laughs> nice hair. Oh, what do you, where are you? I don't know. Up? It was all scraggly, you know, but apparently at some think- point this week you squeaked in and you got a haircut in the makeup room, which is an unheard of action for low-level talent of our ilk. Well, I believe what happened here is that Greg is leaving us behind. This is a power move where he has said he's important enough to go into the makeup room and just demand a haircut. They give you free haircuts if you're like if you're Lindsay Rhodes or if you're someone high up on the food chain, but we did not know that we were able to have that service. Probably we aren't. You are. I'm going to grow my hair out just so I can avail well, myself that, of that service. That was the thing. My hair looked terrible and... Uh, the stylist there, you know, he just thought he needed some, thought, he thought he needed some help, so he offered. So I'm not gonna say no to a free haircut. Oh, he he set this in motion. Yeah, oh. pretty much. Right. I mean, he offered. You know, I wasn't gonna you know talk about it, but Michael Fabiano came over <laughs> uh, to our to our cubes today. Cube farm. He he brought it up that I was in the in the hair chair. I don't think that's a bad move. I, mean, I just saved an hour of my life. I got two kids. I you know that's more time I can go home or do work or whatever. TD, a diva move? Complete diva move, but hey, you think you can hook me up with a haircut? I know. It was a great haircut, by the way. It was awesome. I actually did feel awesome leaving that, being like, I can't believe I just got a haircut at work. This is outstanding. It's kind Save- of a game changer. Oh, you save some dough, and it saves time. It, it. I might top That's why you're the boss. To do at work. He can play hoops, which we actually have a hoop out here. You yeah. can go to shoot some hoops sometimes. I think getting a haircut might, might be top of the list. Next on yeah. the list, we need a fitness center. 
little, little massage center. Speak for yourself. So uh, it has been a big week for me, of course, with the haircut. Also got a big show coming up today. We got a lot of news. Not quite as much news as the last four power-packed free agency shows, and that's good. So we can talk more generally what teams got better in free agency and what teams got I'm worse. I'm just playing this because I know Dan, if he was here, shout-out to Dan, he will be screaming some Throne of Easy music for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how you're throwing a shout-out to Dan when right before the show you've just realized he, he was not joining us, and TD said he could – kick back and relax that there would be less pressure on the, on TD today. And spread his wings, he said. <laughs> oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. That's not right. We're Just not playing. You know, Dan, Dan's a good guy, but sometimes, you know, you just need to kick back, you know. He gets these e- messaging me way too much sometimes, but. We're not celebrating that at all. Well, we Wes looks angry right now. Not angry at all. Okay. That I don't know. more of a pensive look. Okay. I thought you were you were standing up for our our. Fearless host, who we do hope feels better. I think yeah. he's been he's been swallowing up so much of this uh, Jets hype garbage for the last week that he you know doesn't feel good. You know what I'm saying? It's toxified the body. You're saying I I am. All right, uh, TD. Let's do a little news. <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. Is that John Travolta? Uh, yes, it is. Greg totally <laughs> messed that up, you know, because I sent an email to Dan. I'm like, hey, make sure you say, Greg, come on, man. You want to do it again? Yeah. Wait, now you're upset again. Dan's not here. Let's do it again. Let's do it again, Greg. <laughs> what did you say? You just said make sure you say your name in the news. I said it. At the very last part of it. Let's try it again. Let's do some news, TD. <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. A good producer would know the first time around was great. It was fine. Everyone got it. Now you just wasted the whole minute. Give me a break. I missed Dan already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start uh, with the most surprising news of the last few days, and that was Monday night when we learned Chris Borland retiring from the NFL linebacker who led the league in tackles for the weeks that he was starting. You know, he wasn't in the starting lineup early his rookie season. He missed the last couple games with an ankle injury. But in between, when he was starting, he was the league leader in tackles by a wide margin, and he's decided to retire uh, essentially over future health uh, concerns. You know, he's done a lot of research into brain injuries, and he just decided for him it was the right choice to step away from the game at 24. It's been a lot of conversation about this last couple days. Mark Sessler, what was your first reaction? Man, I was surprised. I was home. It was like, what, evening on the West Coast? Not a whole lot happening on Twitter. Then that thing dropped. And I mean, it. I think we all of us with, with Borland last year, it was around that Rams game, week six or week seven, when he had started to see more snaps, where when we checked him out on Game Rewind, Wow, he just was a different kind of player and a forceful one. I, and also, everyone, all they've ever said about him, he loves football. Football was his life. So to make this decision from him, especially not some fringe guy, mm-hmm. but someone who really looked like he had an extremely bright future, it's yeah, it's a discussion piece based on that alone. Well, he's a player with his physical limitations. He knew that his playing style was going to be more conducive to health concerns. He had to play at a higher level. Mm-hmm. He had to be more more physical. Than most well, that was what defined him was how physical he was, and yeah. it that really struck me because if you read the article on ESPN, which was really well done, that he started having concerns in training camp when he 
thought he might have fought through a concussion or some sort of head injury. He wasn't sure uh, because he wanted to make the team. He didn't want to report it. And yet he was having these concerns. He wrote a letter to his parents that he doesn't think he's going to be long for the NFL. Uh, That was before the season. And yet he went out there when he was on the field. You would have never guessed that. It wasn't like a guy that that played with any caution, that he played with total abandon for the year he was out there. Yeah, and I think one of the dichotomies of football is that since it started as oversized coal miners and psychopaths in the 1920s and 30s, <laughs> it's been it's been the fringes of society. And, and for most of the time mm. that football has happened, it hasn't been little kids eating Twinkies and riding in their mom's minivan who grew up to be, outside of quarterbacks really, who grew up to be football players. It's been players who need it, mm. who need that opportunity for the money. And I think Borland's an example of somebody who has options. It also reminded me a little bit of the 1960s and 70s. There were a lot of players that were backing out of the NFL at younger ages, not because of concussions, but more because they didn't agree with the social ramifications. George Sauer of the Jets, Dave Megsy. Right. There, there was a number who, you know, kind of coming out of the 60s that were – really anti-establishment and kind of against what the NFL stood for. And this is this is different. This is more of a health concern, but it it, it struck me, it, it reminded me a little bit of that. That yeah. Go ahead. No, I just I also from another angle, the I kind of cannot stand Twitter. And what happened <laughs> with this issue on Twitter over the next twelve, twenty four hours is is a classic reason because people wanting to overly praise him and overly judge him where it's like, look, he made his decision that's sort of the start and the end of it. And wanting to link it to the other young retirements that have happened when really those situations were each completely different. Right. And what else is there to say other than more power to him? Exactly. Like what, what else can you say than that? I, Damashek was pointing this out. What else can you say other than you respect that decision, more power to him? And There's room for nuance in this story, but Twitter isn't the place to get that. Twitter is the place to get affirmation for your own opinions. Right, and I think to me the interesting part of these discussions is there is there is another side of it that Pete Gent, if you've read North Dallas Forty, one of the greatest football books, he talks about in the beginning the physicality of the game and that how alive he felt that he felt more in one Sunday than he felt later on in entire years. Mm. So how do you put a price on that and what is worth it? I think it's a question. This, it's the most interesting question about this whole dilemma. Well, it's a question every NFL player has to make, and the reality is there's probably a lot of Chris Borlands out there, but they take themselves out of the mix well before they get to the NFL. Uh, yeah, totally. Because, I mean, it is a tough decision to decide to play. I mean, football's no joke. That's why we're writing about it. I mean— That's why. Well, I guess there's a lot of reasons. Well, and there's there's a lot that... of reasons why. No, I, what I mean is that we're not playing it. That that it takes a certain type of person, and and you brought it up uh, the background too. I I think another great book about football is is bringing down the house. Did I have the name right? Um, about the 1988 through 90s Eagles bringing the heat. Bringing the heat. I'm an idiot. The Mark Bowden. 
I just, I just. If Dan said, were here, he would know we are nerding out big right. time at I, the moment. By the way, and I just uh, by, mentioned a Queen Latifah movie. I think instead of <laughs> instead of the book I meant, but they they talked about what they called the sluice, and it was like the amount of people that start out playing football in seventh grade, and how that just keeps getting whittled down, and whittled down, and just what a lottery and what a miracle it is to somehow make it to the NFL from all those people battling, and it's amazing to see a guy who at this point, hasn't been injured in the NFL to make that decision about his health. I think, like, and it's this is one thing people didn't talk about, and Chris just mentioned it. I mean, he has other options. And, right. when, and it's not just the physical sensation of Sundays, like you mentioned in, in that book, but it's the adulation that comes along with being on the field and hoisted up. To walk away from all that and money and everything else, that's why it's completely an outlier-type move on his part. At but this point, he's got other options. Yeah, at this point, he says he wants to get into sports management, which is interesting. I mean, I take that to mean being an agent or right. some, something like that, yeah. maybe going back to school. Quickly, let's hit on the 49ers aspect of this, that they lose another inside linebacker just after they lose Patrick Willis. It's been kind of a disastrous offseason for them. We'll get to that later. Are you worried about uh, the middle of their defense? Absolutely. I mean, Patrick Willis was a six-time All-Pro Navarro Bowman hasn't played since he shredded his knee. He's a giant question mark. Chris Borland was in the rookie of the year race despite playing only half the season. Those are three, I mean, three of, you could say, top ten inside linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, and they were diverse. And then, you you know, they wanted to trade away because they were so deep at one point or maybe they didn't like this guy, Michael Wilhoit. But he's not going to get traded at this point. He's got to stay right there and probably starts opposite of Bowman next season unless they go and get someone. The one he's thing about the Niners. He's not a bad player from what, at least they think he's not a bad player. They t- no, he's, always liked no. he's a decent, but you're going from right. the best of the best to a decent starter. They have done. I mean, Balky found Borland in the third round, and the Niners, uh, the year before he was the GM, found Bowman in the third round. So they they know what they want, and they've done a good job landing these guys without having to burn the highest possible pick. But now you this team has a lot of needs suddenly, and you're drafting – for need over the best player available potentially. Right, and they've lost a lot of people at the middle of their defense. Ray McDonald is gone now. Uh, Justin Smith is probably going to go, although we don't know that for sure right now. And then the two inside linebackers. So it's been a rough offseason for the 49ers. Could it be a rough offseason for Phillip Rivers fans in San Diego? This dropped yesterday, and to me it was the most interesting and surprising news of the week, Philip Rivers said that the Chargers couldn't do anything between now and the season to make him sign a new contract, that he plans to play the season out and see what happens. That it kind of blew my mind. Like, really? They're paying you $22 million a, $22 million a year, that wouldn't, that wouldn't do it for you? Could Philip Rivers be an ex-Charger by the end of May? It's after possible. the draft. As part of that... Uh, article in the UT San Diego by Kevin Acey, a really good article. Uh, there are rumors flying, he said, rampant speculation brewing, <laughs> that the Chargers are into Marcus Mariota. And to me, if you want to get into some dot connecting, who number two pick overall is the Titans. They have a chance of getting Mariota. They also have Cam Wisenhunt, who was the play caller during Phillip Rivers' 2013 Comeback Player of the Year. And Nashville isn't far from where Phillip Rivers grew up. He apparently... The gist of that article was Philip Rivers really likes the South and isn't crazy about L.A. Only problem is you're then the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of dot connecting. It's not just by us. 
you know, I talked to someone in the NFL media news group this morning, and this conversation had been out there. And the move to Los Angeles for the Chargers, the potential move to Los Angeles is kind of hovering over things. And Rivers and AC even made it clear that, you know, they might not be a big fan if, if they move to Los Angeles. No, and, might not be. Right, that he wants to see where the franchise is in a year in terms of their roster and, like, literally where will they be, that that could be a factor. Shocking that a man with a giant collection of bolo ties might not see himself fitting in <laughs> in L.A. I well, mean, L.A. accepts all types, but I think he's he wants to go somewhere. San Diego, by the way, is not, you know, Bumpkinville out in the hill country. That's nice. There are a passel of country music songs from the outlaw country days until recently of men bemoaning L.A. Mm. What about Bigfoot West? You guys have been there. That's like a country that bar, right? That is not a country bar. That is not on. a country bar. No, that's a hipster haven. <laughs> the closest thing I go to. You could, to like, a, peel off the fake to, wood and see what it was before. Go to a country bar. So, Ken Wisenhut's there, and, you know, the talk in Tennessee, the the talk, you know, around this Rivers thing is that Ken Wisenhunt would move heaven and earth to go get Philip Rivers, and it makes all the sense. Why wouldn't he? Right, makes all the sense in the world. Ken Wisenhunt knows another 2-14, and 14 and his head coaching career in the NFL could be over for good. He knows Rivers is legit, and he's got that number two pick. Mark, you have had a Sessler about Drew Brees getting traded this offseason. Could it be that your Sessler radar is, you know, just a little off? Maybe I And instead you know, of I, an ex Chargers quarterback, it's the current Chargers. That's possible. I mean, maybe I, you know, the roots of the organization he was once with is where this is actually fine-tuned. Maybe it's Rivers. I mean, the Titans, if they were not interested in Mariota at the combine, the other thing they were saying with all their pretty built words about wanting a quarterback is that we will sell this pick. Mm. And if you're Ken Wisenhunt and you're on your last legs potentially, you have to come to grips with the fact that, yes, you've done a nice job with top 10 veteran quarterbacks, the Kurt Warners, the Big Bens, the Phillip Rivers of the world, but you have done nothing with young quarterbacks. Do you want to hinge <laughs> what is left in Tennessee on Marcus Mariota? So you've done great with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You're, yeah. you're not so good with basically every everyone else. Curtain jerkers. I love this, by the way. You're putting Mariota into the mix now as a potential trade on draft day. Phillip Rivers as a potential trade. The Chargers, you know, it can make like Dan Hansis believe that the Titans are a real NFL team and shut him up? I mean, it'd be, this is great. Greg's out of his seat. I'm just saying it'd be a little intrigue. It sounds it would out be. of his throne of ease. And after what happened last week, why would anything like this shock us? Right. That, I guess that's what I mean is it felt like the NFL offseason was quieting down and I really like this. And on some level, I don't know why the Chargers would really do it. Well, but if they really love Mariota, like the article says, I don't think you can talk about this story without also mentioning it. The Chargers have, if they want Philip Rivers there, he's going to stay there because. Oh yeah, the, of course. They have the franchise tag to to hit with him next year. Right, and I didn't even clarify. He's under contract this year. That's the last year of his contract. And then you mentioned the franchise tag, which they would happily give him a one-year, twenty million dollar contract. I don't think they would mind doing. It wouldn't that at be all. the last guy that was forced to move to L.A. for his job. <laughs> We've got two in this room. <laughs> I'm happily here, but you guys, man, we had to drag you here into Los Angeles. I've, uh, I've it's an accurate statement. I've totally enjoyed it, though. I'm embracing it. I like living in L.A., but you're right. I was more or less for, I am, forced uh, to move here. I am slowly seeing the light. I am enjoying L.A. TD, did you choose to live in Los Angeles? No, or? actually, moving to L.A., I moved for the job. 
Okay. Like a week after I moved. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what I did. But I tried to do the job from New York for a year, and then they weren't that big of a I tried to stay in Georgia, and Greg told me to pack, well, that was, pack yeah, up that my was, bags that and was get never, out to LA. That was never going to be an option. <laughs> uh, another uh, guy being forced to move somewhere, I guess he, he made the choice, Charles Clay. He's moving from Miami to Buffalo. Or Charles Clay. Yeah, Chucky. He signed an offer sheet with the Bills. They made it heavily front-loaded, $24.5 million over the first two years, so it is unlikely the Dolphins will match it. Most likely he will be Buffalo Bill by the end of the week. They have Sunday, until Sunday, to match it, and because of the rules of the transition tag, the Dolphins get nothing in return for it. Well, the Bills structured this so it would hurt the Dolphins in 2016 when Sue has a monster cap figure, which was smart of the Bills because the Dolphins don't think that Clay is worth that kind of money. I mean, I I think if you're Miami and you just signed Jordan Cameron too, you you have to look at bringing Clay on again as maybe more of a luxury than a necessity. Man, the money is kind of crazy for what he is, uh, but Buffalo, man, they must have fallen in love with him. I Clay has got some excellent PR operatives in his camp because <laughs> he got into that NFL top 100 players of Ooh. last season, and some people thought that was you know he's a good I think he's a nice player. Right, but is he? You know, some of the people that were left out of that in favor of him, Julio Jones. Well, there he got go. the, he got the same guaranteed Clay money as, as Jimmy Graham did after holding out. I mean, he got what? Right, he got yeah. twenty million dollars guaranteed. That's what Jimmy Graham got. He got about the same as Julius Thomas, who who made it to free agency. And well, it's he, that Buffalo tax you're talking about, right? There. And I know that the total deal is only worth a little less than eight million dollars a year, but for the next two years he's making twelve and a half a year. That's quarterback money. That is way more than Gronk or Jimmy Graham. That's like almost Calvin Johnson money for the next two years. And you hope that he stays healthy for the whole five years. But if he stinks or if he gets hurt uh next year, you have just paid Charles Clay quarterback money for two years when he might be your fourth leading receiver. I On mean, a team with no quarterback. Right. It's not a scratch for a guy who plays a position that doesn't exist in the NFL anymore. <laughs> Sammy Watkins is probably going to catch more than him. Percy Harvin, I would take over him. And LaShawn McCoy will probably have more catches than him. It, it's crazy. But if you're a Bills fan, as much as they're spending a lot of money, they're going for it. I kind of like that how, you know, part of you has to like that they have a big league owner that's going to spend a lot. And maybe they'll make some big mistakes, but you would rather that than than the alternative. If, I mean, if, the Bills are getting aggressive. Well, if the Bills hadn't traded away their first-round pick, maybe they could have made a run at Phillip Rivers. You could mm. put that team into the AFC East contention if you add him to the mix. Ooh, I like that. Uh, one team that uh, will not be in contention for anything other than perhaps the number one overall pick next year is the Oakland Raiders. They signed Trent Richardson to a two-year contract worth a surprising amount of money. I think even the agent of Trent Richardson, I'll just say, was surprised about how much money he could extract <laughs> for Trent Richardson. Your thoughts, Chris Wesley? They finally found somebody willing to take their money. <laughs> no, nobody else was going to give Trent. What about Nate Allen? Some of these Raiders deals are crazy that, that have come out when the money comes out. They they have been overpaying. They've been paying, there's been a Buffalo tax this offseason and an Oakland tax. To get their players there, they've been paying a lot. Mark is making a face. Well, it's like you shouldn't have to tax someone to live in Northern California, but when you've got the Raiders situation, that's a nice little cutout. It's a difference. It's like Curtis Lofton also got a lot of money. It's like no one else has given Curtis Lofton that kind of money. This is sort of the Raiders have had this coming to them because I remember growing up in the 90s when 
you, there was a Cincinnati tax. Nobody wanted mm. to go play for the Bengals. So guys like Warren Sapp would use the Bengals' interest to go drive up the price, then sign with the Raiders. Shoes on the other foot now, Raiders. <laughs> well, the Raiders, I don't know about the guaranteed money. He might not even make the team. I mean, Latavius Murray and Roy Hallou are much better players, so I don't expect Trent Richardson you think? to be a, a big impact. Well, he's getting paid better. He's getting paid around here's the same as Hallou. Here's a stat for you. Yeah. Over 600 career carries for Trent Richardson. He has four, four, four runs over 20 yards in 600-some carries. Latavius Murray had 82 carries last year and had four runs over 20 yards. Wow. They, I mean, I know. Davius Murray had more yards in one carry, I think, <laughs> last year than Trent Richardson has ever had in his career. There was so much heat <laughs> about them going out and redoing their entire backfield, and Murray probably is the best guy they've had last year, this year already. They didn't have to do all that work. But one thing about this self scouting in Oakland, you go out and get MJD last year, you throw money at him, you throw money at Darren McFadden, and now you've added I, Hulu is fine. He's he that's that's not a bad addition. But Trent Richardson, it's like who is scouting running backs inside this organization, and from what year are they re- watching videotape? <laughs> I do it's, like uh, it's the same person who was watching all of Matt Schaub's videotape last year and decided this would be a good trade target. I <laughs> I do like though that there is something about the Raiders that is stuck since Al Davis is passing, that they're still kind of making moves that Al Davis would make. Isn't Trent Richardson an Al Davis move? Isn't uh, Malcolm Smith an Al Davis move? Signing the big names that kind of failed yeah. elsewhere, the Super Bowl MVPs. No, Al Davis was all about speed, and Trent Richardson's the slowest running back I've ever seen. That's a fair point. I think he, I feel like Richardson's just not been healthy, and he may never be healthy again to the point of where he was drafted. I mean, he's he's also too heavy. And what about Oakland and their offensive line and what we've seen from them is going to be the, – everyone's called the Colts the best fit ever for him. Well, I think – so. Right. He said that he wasn't treated right, and someone well, pointed out that it was a bad marriage, and someone pointed out, like, the essentially the Colts are a great catch. They're, they are great-looking – they they're smart. There's everything you would want in a in a marriage would be the Colts for a running back. Sure. Trent Richardson was out philandering. He was a bad husband. Was was the idea? <laughs> I forget whoever's tweet this was. Well, I'm I, it off. Mark's Mark's right. The weight issues maybe hasn't been healthy, but you have to wonder about his mental. Whatever he's delusional. He <laughs> he he comes up to Jack Del Rio and says. Oh, he said today. Well, you know what? Jack Del Rio really gave me an epiphany by asking what what if I'm out of football. That thought never entered his mind until Jack no. Del Rio? No, I don't think so. He's From been the, the laughing stock of the NFL. Right, but he still probably sees himself as a as a star. That's a total lack of self-awareness. As well, and he's 24, so that's what happens with that age. I mean, you know, mm, maybe, Especially with millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, when you've been told up Doesn't until two like years ago. Russell Wilson has that issue. Well, right. Russell well, Wilson's a complete – he's completely unusual yeah. in that situation. Some 24-year-olds are ahead of others. You know, I know Wes, you were out there searching, searching for the meaning of life at 24. I was, I had just left the post office for the law firm. I was living in a commune in Bolt, not a commune, <laughs> but it was a farmhouse with about 12 people in it. So, you know, where was my head at? My parents probably thought I was like in between jobs. I had left LA after working in TV for a while, and oh. I was, I was teaching tennis for six months. You sound like by far the most productive of the group. Well, that, that it wasn't, what didn't pay very well. I'll tell you that. Um, you know who is getting paid well? How about that? Greg Hardy, who would have thought he would have gotten so much money? He's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. What could go wrong? Greg Hardy in Dallas. <laughs> I mean, this is a match I like made it. Known. I like it. 
Why do you like it? Because I think the contract's smart. If he comes in and he plays and he, he's on the field a bunch and he produces, he gets paid a ton. And if he doesn't, you know, if there's any more off-the-field issues, he doesn't get paid much at all. So the details here were he could make up to $13 million in, in with all if he hits all his incentives. But 9 to $10 million were in per-game roster bonuses. So this saves the Cowboys from paying Greg Hardy when he inevitably, we think, gets suspended. So he'll only end up making, you know, at most 10 games, you would think, of this salary. Although we're talking about things we don't really know. We don't know if he's going to get suspended six games. We don't know if he's going to get suspended 12 games. And well, so, they're hedging their bets. So that Cowboys built it in. I, I was really surprised that he even got this much money. I think they were bidding against themselves. I don't think anyone was going to pay Greg Hardy this kind of money. Uh, coming off the year he had. With that all said, it, I, it's a it's a gamble I think that's probably worth taking. He's a great pass rusher, and, and they'll have him motivated. I thought of everyone who made it to the open market, this does not include guys that got the franchise tag. You, uh, from a f- pure football standpoint, only Sue and Darrell Revis would be ranked ahead of Hardy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he'd be right up there. If you take well, the, that stuff away, he'd be right well, up there. Well, it's funny you say that now. I'm the one that had him sixth overall in our original rankings, and you had him like 17th. And I couch that by saying this isn't based on talent alone, that when, right. you're, when you're purchasing free agents, you have to factor in suspensions and public image. Is there anything, though, about the fact that if he does get suspended six games, that you're putting on, a, on the field suddenly a guy that hasn't played in 22 straight games? I right, mean, that's, that's, a big, that's why it's a bigger risk. You're right. Yeah, but it's also not an old guy. He's no. not an injured player. But you're right. You would think it's going to take him a while to get back up to speed. But we talked about that they didn't have a pass rush at all last year, and now they add Greg Hardy, and he's not a pass rusher. But they also hope to add Sean Lee to their front seven. So in theory, you're getting two of the best defensive players in the league from 2013. How you put? Who are it? still pretty young. How about putting Sean Lee on a game by game contract? <laughs> This has got West thinking, well, my, my thinking, uh, great player point. Well, they also lost their entire linebacker core right, Bruce, from last year. Bruce Carter, Justin Durant, who else? Rolando McLean. Rolando McLean is a free agent. I think they'll probably bring him back. This also is a reminder, by the way, everyone said, oh, they can't pay anyone. You couldn't get Adrian Peterson. I mean, they're paying Greg Hardy a lot yeah, of money. Find a way. Can always find a way. Uh, the Ravens. Found a way to get rid of another player who got in trouble with the law. I believe this is the third uh, player today that was uh, arrested in the offseason that they have released. That player is Bernard Pierce, uh, their backup running back uh, during their Super Bowl run to Ray Rice. And now, of course, both players are off the team. He had a DUI uh, after going out on St. Patrick's Day, and he is quickly off the roster. Poor guy knew what was coming, too. Why is that? According to the arrest report. Oh, that's yeah. Right. What did he say? Well, tell the listeners. <laughs> told the officers when they arrested him. You know, the last guy on this team to get arrested, they released him the next day. And he's like, "I know you guys don't care. Just letting you know that's how it's <laughs> going to be my for fate. me." And that like clockwork. I remember at that being at that Super Bowl with you, Greg and Pierce in that game. I thought, I was like, "Oh, you know, even if Rice slows down, they suddenly have the next guy right in here." He's an interesting running back, and then two years later, they're completely refurbished in the backfield. He, not to be cynical, but if I if he played better last season, I don't know if he's definitely cut in this situation. He was a disappointing player hmm. last season, really the last two seasons. Ever since Dan 
ranked him very high on his offseason running back rankings a couple well, of years ago. Well, that is unfair. Coming off that Super Bowl. That is unfair. I've got to stick up for Dan. That is not, you know, that's an ages-old post. He's not here, and you're trying to bury him. Well, everyone that listens, to, you know, we've got a couple listeners. By the way, thank you to our listeners. We should all thank all the people for making our show last Friday, uh, recapping a lot of the free agency madness, the number one downloaded podcast in around the NFL history. Ooh. Big time. Come on, TD. Let's do Oh, that's it. You should give it my celebration song, remember? I don't even know what your song is. There were songs on here. What about mine? You got, and you fired up on there? Fire on. But anyways, thank you guys. Uh, the the viewer the listenership keeps going up. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. And uh, keep you know, keep downloading. Tell your friends and Give us reviews and stars. It all helps on the iTunes. We we appreciate everyone. Comments spread. on iTunes, subscriptions, right. tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah, we appreciate everyone spreading the word. It's been working. It's been great. There were 2,700 downloads from Chile. The city. I mean, the country. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. How do you know? I <laughs> dug into the, the hits, and I don't know what's going on down in South America, but something caught fire, and then there were a lot of people listening it to is, the show. It is crazy. You can break it down by country, and it's wild, uh, the different countries. There's always, like, four people in, like, Togo. Is that a place? That yes, is a it place, is. Yeah. yeah it's a, there's always, like— We're like, big in Togo. Right. We love you four guys. They're just hanging out. They talk. <laughs> they meet up. They talk out of the coffee Maybe shop. Maybe they should invite us to Togo. It, they're all, there's a lot of countries i never heard of that. Hashtag on to Togo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go to Togo. Um, I like it. Let, let's move on to a couple final quick news items that we'll get through quickly before we go to our free agency wrap-ups. Uh, Mark, you're going to be going to Phoenix in a few days. Connor Orr is also going with you. Uh, one of the topics in Phoenix will be all the rule proposals. You wrote up an article today on some of the rule proposals. I found it most interesting that the Colts proposed a nine-point possession. So you could score a touchdown, and then if you go for two and you get it, you could kick what would basically be a 50-yard field goal to get one more point. And that would be the nine-point possession. I love it. It will never pass. <laughs> That's like wild. It. I like how creative they were. That they just like made up some. It sounds like like someone was drinking a lot. Well, that sounds like <laughs> a team that knows it's going to be down by thirty-something <laughs> points to the Patriots in the playoffs yes. and needs to get back in. Thanks for making that joke. So I didn't have to. That's great. <laughs> uh, that one will never pass. That was insane. What uh, you just said <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Uh, the more substantive ones were about instant replay and challenges and everyone wants to get rid of or wants to add to what you can challenge. The Patriots would like to challenge everything. Literally, they said yeah. you, that you could challenge everything. Not the, the Lions made it more specific. They'd like to just challenge any penalty. Why uh, shouldn't the Patriots should just admit what they're doing? They should. We want to make a football game 12 hours long. Right, and that's, why, that's part of the reason why it'll never pass. They could expand it to... Things like personal foul penalties, um, things like that. Were there any other big takeaways you had here? I think the takeaway was that there weren't a lot of sexy potential rule changes, but they also said, which annoys me to no end, that the whole discussion, there's no, there's going to be no new rule about what a catch is. Ooh. They're going to sit around and have a conversation about the language in the rule book about what a catch is to what, Wes, just make it three times murkier? Yeah, they don't want to... They don't want to 
go to the root cause of the problem, which is that it's the most confusing role in all of sports. They just want to clarify the language. The shadowy league figure. It, it's, it's entirely confusing. It's a lame role, and nobody knows what a catch is, including your referees, including your coaches, including your players, including your fans. Ed Hockley has changed just the role. The studio. But if you're at the Biltmore in Phoenix and you got some time to kill, why not sit around and just talk about it and do nothing <laughs> about it? <laughs> there you go. Patriots also proposing to move the extra point back again. I like that they're not giving up on this no. and putting cameras on all sidelines and in the end zone and everything, which I think should pass one of these years. But well, You're a huge lobbyist for that. Well, it's insane. The most um, wealthy and influential sports league in the country by far, and we can't have cameras set up at the goal line at every stadium. I mean, that it seems like a very small thing to ask for. Oh, one other one. They want to have coaches no longer use the red challenge flag. And they if they would call a timeout. It would call timeout instead, and they get the timeout back. I like that. Get no more red flag for Chris Wessling. That helps uh, Lovey Smith, Marvin Lewis, Andy Reid. Helps a few of these coaches. I don't know. It makes it puts a little more pressure on taking those timeouts. Well, Ultimately, why is it hard for them to fish around in their pocket for the red flag? <laughs> but no, you, I'm probably wrong about this. Greg's right. They could lose a timeout yeah. automatically instead of through the machinations of the rule. Right, it'll punish them more, so maybe it'll stop them from doing it. And maybe uh, we would miss out on Bill Belichick fishing into his sock for that, the flag like he does. It's one of my favorite <laughs> moments. All right, let's uh, crank through these last few ones. Bradley Fletcher is going to the Patriots. Chris, you wanted to talk about this. Oh Well, he, had, he lost his confidence in, in Philly last year to the point where he was getting burned on a regular basis and was basically a laughing stock. No doubt in my mind, the Patriots will turn him into a Pro Bowl cornerback. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. That would be awesome. Stevie Johnson is going to the San Diego Chargers. Well, Mark. we kind of thought he was going to join Bradley Fletcher and go to the Patriots, but he's chosen to maybe be quarterbacked by a team without Phillip Rivers. It's got to be attractive. <laughs> I know. I guess it must I be. I wish they released that article beforehand. Maybe they were holding off. I would have liked to see Stevie Johnson in New England. Bigger role? I mean, it's they, don't, they need wide receivers, that's for sure. Malcolm Floyd, Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson. You know, they their running backs are weird. Green, Gates. It's a lot of, like, okay receivers after Keenan Allen, but not great receivers. And let's, uh, let's finish on a big note. Michael Crabtree still looking for work. Are you surprised, Chris Wesseling? Not surprised at all. Visiting Miami, though, who Mike Tannenbaum apparently is a big fan of him. Is that a concession that they won't be matching the Charles Clay offer? I think Jordan signing Jordan Cameron was that concession. And I, if I was the Dolphins, I'd now like that Jordan Cameron move better because they're giving Jordan Cameron less money than they would have had to give Charles Clay. I'd take that. I would I'll take my chances. I would rather have a, Jor- a healthy Jordan Cameron definitely over Charles Clay, but that's the thing. You don't know if... Jordan Cameron will stay healthy. I guess all this business about the 49ers at the combine saying, oh, we want Michael Crabtree back. Well, okay, yeah. you've had a nice month to sit on that. <laughs> right. They don't want him back too much. I guess that was just hot air. Well, Matt Mayoko of the CSM Bay Area said that if of all the teams on Mike, Michael Crabtree's wish list, the 49ers ranked 33rd. Yeah, he doesn't want to go back there yeah. at all. I would want to go to Miami too. Sounds like fun if we have to leave here. All right, let's talk about who got better in free agency. That was a power-packed news, but we still have some time to talk about which teams we think got better in free agency over the last, I guess it's only been a week, but really even the pre-free agency period, everything that's happened. It's really the most 
uh, interesting, busy time of team building in the whole year, I think, over the last 10 days. So let's start with Mark Sessler. I'm going to go Seahawks, and it's it's not overly complex. I mean, you're a team that already was arguably the best, most talented team in football, certainly in the NFC. And you've added Jimmy Graham to the mix, addressing your biggest need, the passing game, which had issues down the stretch. You've, you haven't just drafted someone that you hope will work. You've got a home run total playmaker here. He'll make Russell Wilson that much better. You lose Max Unger in the deal. That They definitely going to need to find some depth along the line. But other than that, this just makes Seattle heads and tails the best team in that division, probably the conference. It's amazing because Seattle hasn't really done anything else. Yeah, that's what I mean. That it's one a very move. simple move. Yeah, and they, that one move is such a home run, and I agree with you that they feel like one of the better teams. Do you think they're by far the favorites in the NFC or just I don't. Know, a little bit ahead of the rest? I think it's a little know, early to talk about this. We grade all, all this free agency by who, acri- who acquires new players. I think the Packers won free agency. They re-signed their own guys. Mark made this point earlier. I've seen this. Uh, pointed out in several places that Julius Peppers is the only player on their entire roster right now who has ever played a down for another team other than the Packers. They they do it the right way. They they build through the draft. They sign their own. They extend their own. They they kept Randall Cobb. They kept Brian Balaga. And this is a team that controlled the NFC Championship game for three and a half quarters. To me, they're right there with the Seahawks. Well, you just gave away your team that got better in free agency. There it is. They're one of them. Yeah. So, I mean, the best teams in free agency are the teams that don't even need it. And Green Bay, it's a huge thumb up, thumb to the nose to everyone else that says, we're not even going to use this. What's, there's three ways to get better. I'm going to touch this side. Because <laughs> they build completely in-house. And I think that, you know, bad teams that don't have a quarterback have to desperately go out and find these other shiny parts. And it's a terrible cycle to be in. We've seen that with the same teams year after year. And Green Bay, when you have a good quarterback since 1992 – you can build differently. But I think they have the deepest roster in the NFL, which is it's crazy that they don't have any free agents that are a part of it. Right. Yeah. The Packer Report, uh, dot com, I believe, their Twitter account was the first to uncover that Julius Peppers is currently the only member of the roster that's ever played for any other team. Isn't that wild, TD? Something Wes TD pointed is. out about 12 seconds Whoa, ago, right. but when you can get that <laughs> point home twice. Months, that's right? why he's furrying it. I, I was trying to organize and see what was going on. You know, I, I understand, Dan. But you're out there. I, I feel your pain. Sometimes you miss the you'll, point. You'll have that. I like Wes's angle better because he gave me credit for that when it definitely <laughs> did not come from me. So, I really, All right, Greg. I really mentioned it on NFL Now this morning. I'm going to take a five-minute timeout. You guys just <laughs> take over the show. I've been suspended. Oh. Uh, I would add the Colts as a winner. Okay. They, um, we said over and over again in November and December that this was an offense that is the most explosive in the league when it's not being held hostage by Trent Richardson and, and an injury-ravaged Reggie Wayne. So they upgraded. I mean, Frank Gore is the opposite of Trent Richardson. He's extremely reliable, and, and Richardson was not reliable. And Reggie Wayne, just his body broke down. It's not his fault. But Andre Johnson caught 85 passes last year. Closed out the season in the season finale with a 10-catch, 134-yard game. Mm. Proven he still had plenty left in, in the tank. Preach. If he can catch 85 passes from, what, uh, Mallet and Fitzpatrick and Savage. He can Don't catch, forget Case Keenum. Catch 100 from, 
from Andrew Luck. Well, I mean, and then so we were just glowing over Ted Thompson, and the Colts are a different. Grigson's a totally different type of team, a wheeler and dealer. He wants to sign people. There are other ways to get it done, too. And the Colts feel like one of those, let's get over the top. We want to challenge the Patriots. We have our sights set on them. You go add Frank Gore. Andre Johnson, you think they're good enough to get there? I don't know. Well, I hope you haven't already, one of you hasn't already made this point, but the Colts last year, whereas the the Packers led the league in having the most drafted players on their team, the Colts led the league in having the most free agents Mm. on their team. Mm. And that was last year. That was before they signed Todd Harriman's, who's going to start for them. Kendall Langford, who will play for them. You mentioned Andre Johnson. Trent Trent Cole. Trent Cole's a good signing for them. They bring back Mike Adams, as he said. Like, that, I like, you can't really fault. They have to do some I things in free agency. I don't know if Kendall Langford, Trent Cool, and the return of Robert Mathis will stop LeGarrette Blunt in the playoffs, but <laughs> but I like what they've done on offense. I like thinking that teams would have to strategize just to stop LeGarrette Blunt. This team, he, he only has, this team certainly has to. <laughs> he only has one good game every year. Uh, my winner, one of my winners, but I guess it's the my main winner, I'm going to give it to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I didn't love the money that they gave – to Charles Clay. I don't love the Buffalo tax that they had to give to LaShawn McCoy or Matt Castle for that matter. But I do think Matt Castle is a significant upgrade from EJ Manuel, even though West disagrees. Totally disagree. I do think LaShawn McCoy is a significant upgrade from CJ Spiller, which no one's going to disagree about. And I do think overall they've made their team much better with Percy Harvin and Charles Clay. So even if the money is a little crazy, like they had the cap room, and this is a much better team right now than they were a month ago. And they were already pretty good. They're a dangerous team. Yeah, you also, I mean, it's hard to always come back to this point. It's probably one reason that I almost went Jets here. But I have to leave the Jets off the list. I mean, they did some nice. They were aggressive, Why? like the Bills. Well, because you don't have a quarterback. Dan was offended. He saw our show rundown, and he said, "Typical that we left the Jets." Well, they've list. gotten a lot of attention on this show, and I think that we, I think that they, at least, unlike during the the Glacier phase, went out and said, "We're going to go bring back players that mean something to the organization and to our fans, and we're going to throw a lot of money." Now that's got to work. Yeah, but they know. brought in one big difference maker. I guess two. You got to give Marshall. Uh, a difference maker. Uh, he's a difference yeah. maker too. So they had two. Buffalo to me brought in difference makers. I mean, they Harvin is a difference maker. Clay is a good addition. Hughes was a big re-signing. McCoy's obviously. I mean, they, these are what does it mean? Primetime with, no, players. If, like if you are, let's say it is Matt Castle for eleven games and EJ Manuel for five. What yeah. is the difference? How many more games do this does this team win? Means you the prettiest eight and eight team in the league. They're basically the Rams in the AFC. Their defense at least has the potential to be good enough, and with all those weapons around them, that I don't know, you can win. Some bad quarterbacks have had 11, 12 win seasons, yeah. and this was a team I think was naturally going to fall off of what they did last year. So I think what these moves are doing, if nothing else, is kind of preventing that from happening because it, it was going to be tough to go nine and seven with that type of quarterback play again. Who goes? Second place behind the 12 and four Patriots next year. <laughs> I wish one of these years uh, it's going to end. So uh, those were our best. Uh, those were our teams that who got better in free agency: the Colts, the Packers, the Bills, and the Seahawks. But who got worse in free agency? Let's start with Mr. Wesseling. You know, I, there are a lot of obvious answers here, but one that kind of has flown behind, been below the radar. A team that, and this may have been led by Damashek tramping through, tramping through the newsroom every day after the season, 
who's going to give the the Patriots the hardest game in the AFC this year? He thought it would be the Steelers that they would oh. be they would be the biggest contender. I thought you were about to say the Texans because he's a Damashek is a huge Texans guy now. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> of late, I don't get that. Sorry, I don't I don't get the Texans thing. Yeah, I don't get the Texans thing. Oh. Sorry, your point. Well, they they had a lot of needs. They we thought they might fix the defensive backfield. They lose to Troy Palomalu. They don't really fix safety. They don't fix cornerback. They don't do anything there. Jason Worlds not only leaves, he retires. They don't want James Harrison back, even though James Harrison was the best defensive player on the field for them in many of their second half games. I don't see how they've gotten better at all. I think they've gotten worse with all the losses they've had on defense. I mean, they but that's. Kind of in a Packers this Packers this way. Unfortunately, they lost more people than the Packers. The Steelers are never big free agent operatives. They the, just aren't. The difference is they don't manage their cap well, and they have yeah. to let some of their good young players walk away over the last and, couple of years. And Ted Thompson would not let that happen. That the, so at some and their point, first round draft picks haven't panned out like they used to pan out. Mm-hmm. You're still waiting for Ryan Chazier and Jarvis Jones. You don't know what they are right now. They're they're a team. I agree that should be great and then you look at like the cap numbers and then you start realizing why things can get a little crazy. When Lamar Woodley is on their cap this year for nine eight and a half million dollars. He's been on two teams since. And you have Cortez Allen at seven million cap hit, Cameron Hayward at seven. You know, guys that aren't great, great players when they're that high up, then you get into problems. I mean you think the whole division it's kind of well, yeah, once I started thinking about it, the Ravens lose Torrey Smith and Pernell McPhee. They usually draft well. They'll, they'll be at least 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. They usually are. The Bengals, I mean, we say this every year. We thought they might go out and get a quarterback to challenge Andy Dalton after another embarrassing first-round playoff loss, and they said shortly thereafter, we're not going to do that. I don't care what else they do with the roster. Yeah, they they're were not, rather inactive otherwise. They're not a winner if they if they, they do that. Uh, they did bring back Mike Nugent. Well, there you go. The Browns, they lose – Kyle Shanahan, Josh Gordon, their quarterbacks in rehab. They signed Josh McCown, who was un- underwhelming to Mark and other Browns fans. Jordan Cameron's gone. Jabal Sheard's gone. I mean, the Browns aren't a better team. Not at all. They probably lost more talent than than some of these other teams in the division, honestly, mm. when they can't afford to on any level. That's a good point. Well, they did add uh, Tremont Williams and Randy Starks. We like those moves. But Paid you're right. a lot of money. Overall, they've they've lost more talent. You're right. It, the whole division. Very quiet. Was really an interesting, fun division. Maybe we go back to 1985 when the AFC Central winner was eight and eight. Mm, I like that. Who is your Who is your loser here? Who Let's got talk about a team eight? that's not going to be eight and eight this year, and that's the 49ers. Mm. They might be three and thirteen because yes, you signed <laughs> Torrey Smith, and I don't know why he decided to go there. But I mean, we talked about it. Chris Borland came out of nowhere. That's a disaster. Patrick Willis is gone. Frank Gore is gone. Whether you like Michael Crabtree or not, he's out the door. I mean, Justin Smith probably won't be back. Your core, The core of your defense, the heart of it, right up the gut, is completely shredded and gone. That was what the Niners were under Harbaugh. And when they were on offense, they were running the ball with Gore. And really, at this point, you've got to turn to a second-year running back and Reggie Bush, unless they, don't, unless they go add other people to anchor what is what they say, Jim Tomsula says, wants to be a run-heavy team again. I just I don't see it. I think there's a lot... This is another team that's going to go out and draft for need. Well, they brought back Blaine Gabbert. Again, you know, he, it's, it's, if it's not Mike Nugent, it's Blaine Gabbert. He's killing us with his comebacks. I don't know what – I don't have a wonderful bit you have going on. How do I, I logic that? I'm just saying that one kind of flew under the radar. Yes, it did, and he might 
play. I mean, that's scary. You know who? You know, fly too. You know how who's running their offense too? It's it's a guy that was the third. The guy that Jim Harbaugh thought was the third or fourth best coach, offensive coach they had. You know, he wasn't the offensive coordinator under Jim Harbaugh, who's a great offensive mind. He was the next in command after Greg Roman, who also is gone. So it's just we that whole thing to me, that's my biggest concern with them on top of all the players they lost. It feels like a pond in late summer. The, the water's not fresh. It's just <laughs> old, smelly water. Come yeah. on. you gotta get, we got to get some rainwater in there and clean this place out. Fetid. If the 49ers want to use that in any marketing brochures, like, Feel free. Yeah. Oh, we're old, smelly water. I do. <laughs> I do. Can I can already see myself in a future podcast in August talking about the 49ers like I was talking about the Cowboys going into last year. It'll be five and one, and I, Tom Sula's like a he- local hero. I kept like trying to say, a lot of you guys had the Cowboys as the worst five teams in the league, and I kept just saying, ah, they'll probably be seven and nine. They have a good quarterback. They have Tony Romo. I do kind of think maybe everyone's going to end up slamming the 49ers as this total disaster so much where, you know, they still have a lot of talented guys on the team. They have Kaepernick, and maybe they'll be a little more like a 7-9 and nine type of team. That's all I It's wise say. words from uh, our supervisor. Uh, my team that was uh, got worse over the last week, and this could get me in trouble with one particular shadowy league figure, was Ooh. the Denver Broncos. And I'm, I'm just looking at the facts, and here are the <laughs> facts. They have re-signed Virgil Green and signed Owen Daniels to replace Julius Thomas. That's a big-time loss. They have signed Shelly Smith to replace Orlando Franklin. That's a big loss. She'll be good. <laughs> they have lost Terrence Knighton. They have lost Raheem Moore. Uh, they To sign to pick up a, a safety to replace Raheem Moore, they picked up Darian Stewart, who the Ravens had no use for whatsoever. So you just kind of look at the players that have gone out the door and you look at the players that have come in and it hasn't been really a very good offseason for the Broncos. Well, it all, I think their entire future depends on which Peyton Manning shows up. I don't really even care about those moves. Julius Thomas is the big one. But I, don't the rest care, of them, I don't care about you, Wes. No, I mean, Julius Thomas is That's huge. But my I, team that lost. Raheem Moore isn't a huge loss. Pot Roast wasn't a natural fit for Wade Phillips. There are four of our top those. 30 players on our 101 free agent list. Look at that. Number 26, 16, 29, number three. That, Julius Thomas is the one that really stings because their offense sung when he was in there. Uh, but I still think it all depends on which Peyton Manning shows up. And can Peyton Manning effectively roll out 25 times a game? They're not going to ask them to do that, but I mean, it's a whole new offense, or it's some cobbled version of Kubiak's offense and what Peyton Manning's lobbying for. That is, that's one argument, though. I think that they could be better. I'll take Gary Kubiak over Adam Gase. I'm a Gary, I'm a Gary Kubiak fan. He's I think success everywhere he's gone has offense. Will travel. That you know, that's a good thing. But well, I'd take him over Adam Gase and Jay Cutler. Right. <laughs> I would too. Uh, but, you know, not a lot of teams lost four quality starters. So th- those are teams that got worse in what free What about agency. the Cowboys? Who got worse? I was going to say, do we have any others? I, I know they just signed Greg Hardy, but you they built their entire attack last year on DeMarco Murray, the offensive player of the year. And, look, it, I know you're going to make fun of me. It would not surprise me if Darren, if Darren McFadden does well in Dallas because – of his running style, he's always been more dependent than other running backs on his offensive line. He needs a big hole to run through, and I think Jerry and Stephen Jones probably think, hey, we turned DeMarco 
Murray's career around, we can do the same thing for Darren McFadden. But that's a huge, huge gamble to, you know, when your whole foundation was DeMarco Murray last year. I think that's a that's a, a fair prediction for McFadden. And they certainly liked him for specific reasons. But it also feels like a team that is going to have to go out and draft a starting running back unless they make a move here or some sort of a trade. And that it doesn't Trent Richardson tell us that the last time they talked about, listen, this running back coming up through the draft, this is a guaranteed, no issue, going to be a total stud. We don't know anything. No one knows that for sure. Yeah, they, that's a lot of risk for your, for a run based offense. They did. They, I guess they're getting Sean Lee back to play running back. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying that's one big talented player coming over. I, I think they can. I think they can draft a running back. I mean, Jerry. They can draft. Sure, they can draft them, but it's like a lot. Actually, outside of Demarco Murray, they've made. They've had some big misses when they've drafted running backs. The best running back in the draft is coming off an ACL injury. No one mentioned uh, the Eagles here as a team that got worse. So, uh, is it safe to say we're not buying? I think if Dan was here, he he might have picked the Eagles. In fairness, but is it fair to say we're not buying all the doom and gloom about Chip Kelly's crazy month? Well, I don't know if they're better or worse. I've been taking a wait-and-see attitude toward what they're doing. I, if Sam Bradford is who Chip Kelly thinks he is or who he thinks he can turn him into, then they're better. But they could be they could be much worse next year. I'm with you because, if anything, Chip Kelly certainly feels like people saying he has no plan. Well, I think he very much is determined to do something his way, and I'm, I don't want to judge it right now. I mean, a lot of they brought in, imported a lot of injury risk type guys, yeah. and let a lot of talent go. But who knows? That's a team that could still win eleven games. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think they have brought in a lot of talent. That his moves have been bold and a little crazy. I'm not so sure they're worse. It wouldn't surprise me if they're better. I want to see how this team comes together. I want they didn't make the playoffs last year. They could be better than that. Right. I I want to see how Sam Bradford looks in their offense. So it's like I if you look at their moves one by one. I don't think any one of them is crazy. But when you kind of add it all up, it's just it's a lot of moves. Uh no Patriots on this list either. You guys just they're going to be 12 and 4. I know, but they lost they lost Darrell Revis. They, yeah, but they've been 12 they, and 4 a 100 times without Darrell Revis. They lost Will Fork. Yeah. Bring in the old medieval charm not, music. Yeah, what are you doing? You trying to convince us to rip on your team? No, I'm just asking the question. He's got his legs up on the table now. <laughs> throne of ease. This is great. Uh, you, know uh, what, you know what the throne of ease is? The throne of ease is, I don't care if they go 9-7. and seven. I'm serious. Day one, I'm happy. This has been great. It's been the best 14 years you could ever ask for. If it's over, I'm cool with that. Who's managed the salary cap better than the Patriots since Bill Belichick got there? No, not a team in the league, so it doesn't bother me what they've done. I like what you're saying. All right, uh, that's going to be it for today's show. We no, got it's not. a I, lot of stuff. I've been waiting for this since the top of this the This has been a long show here. I know. You, you showed, you, you've you shown to be an expert in this field, so I want you to tell me, what, what do these five things have in common? Last Holiday, Just Right, Beauty Shop, Hairspray, Taxi. What are those five things? What do they all have in common? Their movies? Queen Latifah movies, buddy. Queen Latifah movies. Because it was pretty surprising how you, you know, you knew bringing down the house was a Queen Latifah movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I could have gotten that. I, I, the first few is where you could I lost me. you on that? Last, you didn't see Last Holiday? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I never heard of any. <laughs> well, Taxi Greg's is a television Greg's show. expert here. Taxi, uh, there was the movie with Jimmy Fallon that quickly ended his movie career. 
Was was that taxi? Yes, it was. That was it. He would have never thought that he would have bounced back that that strong as no, he has. Know, Mercifully right? ended his movie career. Well, that is a strong <laughs> note to finish on. Uh, Queen Latifah's out IM- with a bang. IMDb yeah. page. Next week, <laughs> we're gonna talk about. Uh, I don't know. Who who should we talk about next week? I think next show. Well, we're a show that's based on news as it happens, so we'll find out. <laughs> and a lot of... Oh, man. Hey, 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 <laughs> All right. hey, hey, was... hey, 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 I forget. We're not coming back next week. We're going to be back on Friday with another show. Get ready. we got to come up with some topics. Uh, until then, Dan Hansis will be back for Friday's show. Until then, this is Greg Rosenthal. I'm signing off for Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, TD Behind the Glass. We'll see you Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.